What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we're going to get you caught up with the latest news going on around the conference as we get you set for SEC Week 9. And we'll preview some of the games with Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Lockdown SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this year with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Lockdown SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Lockdown SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at lockdownsec.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Around the conference. And we start with the Georgia Bulldogs, number one team in the country. They're going to be a heavy favorite when they face Florida in the cocktail party this weekend in Jacksonville. Bulldogs have won four of the last five meetings, including a 34-7 win last year. Despite disparities on paper between the two teams, Georgia trying to go about this as business as usual. Their left tackle, Broderick Jones, talking with the, ta- uh, the media and talking about uh, his team's cover behind fourth quarter rally against Missouri a couple weeks ago. He said, look, I've learned throughout my years of college, never underestimate an opponent, no matter what their record is. So we come in every week, prepare the same as if we're playing in the national championship game, prepare like it's our last game, you want to give it your all. So we just come in with that mindset every week, ready to work, stay focused on our opponent and lock in on in our, our assignments. Kirby Smart, his focus this week, talking about defending Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson. He was asked on Wednesday during the SEC coaches teleconference if he's seen anything on film that indicates why Richardson can be so good at times and struggle other times. And Kirby said, I really haven't looked at it that way. In my opinion, he does what the offense asks of him. He's come a long way from the time he played last year when it was more quarterback run oriented. Kirby Smart also talking about his quarterbacks, particularly Stetson Bennett. He said Stetson has not changed. Uh, it has not changed him in terms of winning or his role being here in his fifth year. He's always been a happy guy, loves competing, loves football, certainly in the spotlight a lot more now. He really likes big moments and competing, and that's what you look for in your quarterback. Of course, kickoff of this game, 3.30 Eastern on CBS on Saturday. Some good news for the Florida Gators on their front as Osiris Torrance will be back in Florida's starting lineup when the Gators face Georgia on Saturday. The offensive lineman played in six games this year. He was ruled questionable for this game by Billy Napier leading up uh, or rather leading up to the contest against LSU and did not play in that game. Florida's bye week gave him a chance to get back healthy and now he is good to go against the Bulldogs. Before coming to Florida Torrance played for Billy Napier at Louisiana Lafayette for three seasons was the first team all Sun Belt selection last year. He's a really good player. Florida uh Having a little bit of a shakeup on their special teams depth, however. Long snapper Marco Ortiz has reportedly entered the transfer portal. Reported by Gators Online, Ortiz, a Richard Jr. who has missed most of the season because of a shoulder injury. He'll have two years of eligibility left at his next school. Meanwhile, over at Kentucky, uh, Mark Stoops getting ready for a big, big matchup with the number three team in the Tennessee 
Volunteers, of course, two schools not far away from one another. It's a rivalry game, yet this will be the first time in 71 years both teams are ranked coming into this game. Mark Stoops talking with the media this week says, surprises me. It's been 71 years. Hopefully we'll both continue to be ranked while we are playing each other. For myself, it's about taking care of our own backyard and our own program. That is my concentration. Stoops did admit when it comes to rivalries, it's probably Louisville that most Kentucky fans would see as their biggest rival. He said, I just think because of where we're located, you hear more about Louisville. We're located in the same state an hour away. But obviously, look, Tennessee, a big, big game for Kentucky and one that they want to win. Stoops said Wednesday he believes the key to Josh Heupel's offense has been the play of senior quarterback Hendon Hooker. He said, I think he makes really fast decisions. If there's one thing we all know, he's accurate because of his completion percentage, but I think it's impressive how accurate he is on the the deep throws. Now, since this game is a contrast in style of play, Josh Heupel talking with the media this week, he was asked how he adjusts to the changing pace. He said, look, you got to maximize your opportunities. That's true if you're getting 10 to 11 possessions a game or 14 defensively. We got to do a good job at the line of scrimmage and get off the field on third downs. Got to move the ball offensively. Kentucky's game in Tennessee set for 7 p.m. Eastern Saturday night will air on ESPN. Volunteers on a 12-and-a-half-point favorite, according to our friends at Bet Online. Meanwhile, over at Alabama, they're enjoying their bye week this week. Cornerback Eli Ricks selling it, uh, settling in to that Alabama defense. Had a very good game last week against Mississippi State. Was hampered by a back injury at the beginning of the season. But again, registered four passes defense this past week. One of his teammates, Brian Branch, talking about uh, Eli Ricks. He said, look, Eli played phenomenal. Every pass that was thrown his way, he shut it down. I knew he was capable of doing that, but for him to come out in the first game and do that, it's great. I feel like big things are coming Eli's way. We'll see what Eli Ricks can do next week. They're enjoying their bye week this week, but they will play LSU next week. Now, Nick Saban also announced on Wednesday, losing a little depth on their defensive line. He said senior Justin Aboigby will return uh, won't return this fall after injuring his neck. When asked if he'd be back on the field this fall, Saban said, I don't think so. He had a procedure done that would enhance his opportunity to be able to play in the future, but I don't think that's going to come this season. A boy be played in four games this season, did not play in the road game at Arkansas on October 1st. He's a Georgia native, made 11 tackles this year in his first four games, 19 tackles in each of his previous seasons. He's a four-star recruit. Uh, coming out of high school and highly touted. Meanwhile, over at Missouri, Eli Drinkwitz on his weekly radio show Wednesday night talking about the uh, injury status of one of his wide receivers that is yet to play this season. Third-year sophomore Chance Looper had a blood clot in one of his lungs that was discovered prior to the season opener. Looper currently taking blood thinners as a result, Drink- Drinkwitz said. Uh, Looper played in four games as a true freshman in 2020. 2021, he made 21 catches for 203 yards and a touchdown. His uh, dad coaches running backs for the Tigers. Mizzou is back in action on Saturday as they travel to number 25, South Carolina. Now, LJ Hewitt uh, announced his decision on Twitter on Wednesday that he's going to enter the transfer portal. He joined the team after spending the spring at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Prior to that, he was at Holmes Community College. He said, I will remain enrolled in classes throughout the remainder of the semester. My journey is just getting started. I look forward to pursuing a higher, a high level of academics and my academic career. Uh, Hewitt did appear briefly 
earlier in the season, he was later suspended, according to Eli Drinkwitz. So, see where he ends up. Meanwhile, over at Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin getting ready for Texas A&M on the road, heading to College Station, who they are struggling at 3-4 and four this year. But on Wednesday during the SEC teleconference, Lane Kiffin was asked about former Ole Miss defensive coordinator, now current A&M defensive coordinator, DJ Durkin. Lane Kiffin said, yeah, DJ really turned around our defense here and played really good, especially the second half of last year. We tried to keep him because he did a great job, but we got outbid. Kind of common theme with that program. He's doing a really good job over there. They're very multiple doing a lot of good things. So Lane Kiffin saying, got outbid, kind of a common theme with that program. So shots fired by Lane Kiffin over at uh, Texas A&M. We'll see if that lights, uh, inspires either team with those fighting words. Meanwhile, at A&M, Jimbo Fisher did not want to talk about any of the uh, reported suspensions of his players that have come out in recent days. Jimbo asked on the SEC teleconference on Wednesday, he said, we're not speaking on that right now. We keep all that in-house, keep it internal. Said LJ Johnson, uh, still with the team, a report from Billy Lucci of Texags noted earlier in the week that uh, Texas A&M has reportedly suspended three freshman football players, maybe four as a result from a locker room incident. The suspended players, Denver Harris, P.J. Williams, and Chris Marshall, were all part of A&M's number one recruiting class. Of course, the Aggies fell to 3-4 and four at the loss at South Carolina last weekend. One other note, A&M uh, losing a uh, special teams player, Alan Guerreri, is uh, reportedly entering the transfer portal. We'll have two years of eligibility remaining. Uh, one note over at Auburn, former four-star recruit Tavares Dawson, the 10th member of the 2021 recruiting class to exit the program for greener pastures. He announced he's entering the transfer portal, did not travel with the team to Georgia and Ole Miss earlier this month. When asked during the bye week uh, of his status, Brian Harson told reporters Dawson was still practicing with the team, would be part of the rotation moving forward. He is now entering the transfer portal. And Brian Harson having to defend himself more and more in the public eye on Wednesday, it was reported by Auburn Daily that Harson was denying red shirts for players without medical reasoning. According to the report, Harson told players to either quit the football program or enter the transfer portal. On Wednesday in the teleconference, he said he didn't know where that report came from. Earlier this week, both Landon King and Zykevius Walker announced their intent to transfer from the program. He said, we have obviously, uh, who has redshirt availability as a staff, and we talk about that as a staff. We know the amount of games, so we really monitor that as a staff. We've done that every year, and certainly with the new four-game rule, we've always paid attention to that. Harson. Uh, under heat uh, after last season and this season. We'll see what happens to Brian Harson following this season. There you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. We'll get his thoughts on some of the Week 9 games in the SEC. But first, I want to remind you about our friends over at Sweatblock. We tell you, uh, told you multiple times about Sweatblock. If you or someone you know suffers from excessive sweating, if you're one of those people that uh, in your office you are sweating, you have to change shirts. If you're doing that at the tailgate or football games, whatever it is, uh, if you're dealing with ex- excessive sweat in your armpits or wherever, you want to check out our friends over at Sweatblock. Sweatblock gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing underarm sweat. Uh, they got the deodorant, they've got the wipes, and the sweat block wipes, they were featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters who stand by the product. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, 
you need to go try SweatBlock. You can save 20% with our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N over at SweatBlock.com. Again, save 20% with our promo code SweatBlock or promo code LOCKEDON at SweatBlock.com. You can also find them available on Amazon. Go check them out, SweatBlock. If you're dealing with excessive sweating, use our promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off. Along here, locked on SEC, one of our favorite segments this time of week. We love catching up with our buddy Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports, talking all things SEC football with him, and he joins us right now. Lynn, how are you, man? I'm doing great, guys. A couple sure. of big matchups in the SEC this weekend, and to me, you know, we, we're we're setting up for the prime, basically SEC East Championship next week when Tennessee goes to Georgia. But I'm I'm looking yep. at both teams this week, and neither of them are trying to be in that look ahead spot, like. Georgia's got to take care of business against Florida and Jacksonville and the, the cocktail party. And Tennessee's got a feisty top 20 Kentucky team coming in. Uh, it's just funny looking at this, these games because it's like, all right, who's going to get caught looking ahead? Who's going to get caught napping on this week's opponent? Well, I don't think uh, – Georgia has to give the game away. Uh, I'm, I'm not at all sold on Florida. I haven't been sold on them since the start of the year, uh, and I'm not sold on them now. I think Georgia's like a 20-point favorite. won't surprise me at all if they win by that margin. Uh, so I, 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 I can't imagine they'd be looking ahead. Kentucky's in a position, guys, that, uh, you know, they could, they control their own destiny. I mean, yeah, they're, they're behind right now, but let's say that Kentucky were to beat Georgia and to beat Tennessee. Uh, Kentucky's still, still not out of this. Now, I don't think that'll happen, but, you know, I've been high on Kentucky since the off season and, and still pretty much am. Um, I, I do think Tennessee will beat Kentucky and, and I think Georgia will beat Kentucky as well, but, uh, Kentucky's a factor. Uh, they're, a, they're a good football team. Lynn, Texas A&M going through some issues. A couple of offensive linemen out for the year. A couple of their freshman players suspended this week. They've lost some games sitting here in three and four. They've lost three in a row. Do the Aggies have any chance to beat Ole Miss this weekend in College Station? I mean, they can. They can. Again, I don't, and I don't mean the ugly. I know we're not. But I haven't been high on A&M all season. Uh, they, they've been, you know, similar, kind of in the same pot. Hey, I want, want to give you uh, credit on this, Chris. Um, you know, and I'm still not sure how good LSU is, but they're obviously better than I thought they were because I put them in the same bracket with, uh, with Florida and Texas A&M and, and uh, a couple other teams that have big names but that I did not think was going to be that good. Yeah, right. I'm still not sure how good they are. On that note, uh, Lynn, Jaden Daniels, 11 combined touchdowns the last two games. The last LSU quarterback to do that was Joe Burrow in the two playoff games. He had 14 combined touchdowns against Oklahoma and Clemson. Yeah, I mean, that's what I say. They're just, you know, they're better than what I thought they were. We'll see how good they are. Uh, you know, they they still got to play Alabama. And let's see how that turns out. Uh, the only, you know, they, they, uh, they haven't played Georgia. Uh, and, and, and don't play Georgia. Uh, they haven't played, uh, um, haven't played Alabama. They do play Alabama. Uh, you know, the, the only really, really good team they played was Tennessee, and that was a total mismatch. Uh, so let's see how they do when they get up against, against the, the other ranked teams. But LSU is certainly a better team than I thought they were. And so hats off, uh, hats off to them. Uh, Texas A&M is not a better team than I thought they were. The only thing that's really surprised me 
the fact that they're three and four uh, surprised me because I couldn't imagine Appalachian State coming in and and Texas A&M only having the ball 18 minutes on Kyle Field. Uh, and, you know, they didn't get run out of the stadium on the scoreboard, but they did on the field. And that should have been a precursor to us knowing, you know, I believe on, on this show last week, I may have picked South Carolina. I know I picked them on my, on my picks and I picked them on the radio network. Uh, so it did not surprise me that Texas Indian lost that game to South Carolina. Um, they can salvage the season, sure. I mean, they could win out. Uh, it's not, it's not out of the range of possibility that Texas Indian could win all the rest of their ball games and finish eight and four and go to a decent bowl. Uh, it's also possible they could lose two or three more games. And it's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I've got a couple of A&M friends, and, and, you know, I've done some stuff with A&M before. Uh, to, to say that the A&M family is not happy uh, giving, giving uh, Jimbo $9 million to, to be one in three in the SEC and, and be beat to death by Appalachian State would be an understatement. So can they get it done? Yeah, I think they can. Uh, but I, I wasn't high on them to begin with, even though Lindy's picked them high. And, um, you know, this is less, less, let's see. It's, it's easy to, uh, you know, the bad part of it, guys, is that Jimbo has sort of created his own monster, sort of like Dr. Frankenstein here. Uh, you know, he had a whole lot to say about his team being good, and, and then they beat Alabama last year and fell on their face after that. Then they go out and recruit the, the, the highest ranked recruiting class that Lindy's has ever, uh, had, uh, since we've been ranking recruiting classes. Texas A&M's class was number one in the country and also the highest-ranked class that we've ever seen. Uh, and, and they go out as the number five or six team in the country, and they're sitting there at one and three uh, and, and potentially have several of the losses to go. So this is a, you know, it's a big test. And obviously Jimbo's buyout would be so big that I don't think he's on the hot seat. But, uh, you know, let him have another couple of years like this, and, I'd, you know, that, that amount of money might seem smaller. More with Lynn Scarborough in just a second. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Run along here, our conversation with Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports, and we jump right back into it. We love talking college football and SEC football with uh, Lynn Scarborough. And Lynn, kind of uh, outside of the SEC with this question, but uh, I've been very impressed with the job Dan Lanning has done as head coach of the Oregon Ducks. Former uh, Auburn quarterback Bo Nix has really bounced back after that week one loss to Georgia. In your opinion, do the Georgia Ducks uh, or Oregon Ducks, rather, have a chance to run the table and maybe get into the playoff, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, I think they do. Here's the, here's the issue, and here's what I actually see happening, is I see TCU potentially being the Oklahoma State and Kansas State of a few years ago. Um, I think Oregon can make it, sure, but let's say that Clemson wins the rest of its games. It's undefeated. Ohio State Michigan winner defeats the uh, the other division guy and, and they're undefeated, uh, and um, so you got those two. You got you got Clemson. You got uh, let's say the Georgia Tennessee winner wins out and they they win it. They're undefeated. Uh, so you've got Ohio State or Michigan undefeated, Clemson undefeated, and uh, and Tennessee or Georgia undefeated, and then you've got a bunch of one-loss teams. You've got Oregon, uh, whose only loss is to Georgia. Uh, you would have uh, Ohio State or Michigan. You'd have potentially uh, the, the loser of Georgia-Tennessee or the loser of the SEC championship game. Uh, you're talking about a lot of one-loss teams. Uh, Syracuse that only lost to Georgia. I mean, only lost to Clemson. Um, and so I think the question is more, 
would TCU have the chance to be left out, which would be the third time that an equally uh, uh, that a, that a Big Twelve team with an equal record has been left out of the of the college football playoff? Um, I think Oregon could make it sure, but uh, just being realistic about the way that voters are and the and the way that certain teams get, you know, the same way in basketball with Kentucky and, and, and all. But uh, is a one-loss Alabama team uh, going to be uh, put behind a one-loss Oregon team or a one-loss Michigan team or one-loss, you know, I I would say past history shows not. Ask, ask Oklahoma State and Kansas State what they think about whether or not Alabama gets equal treatment. And um, I think Oregon can make it absolutely. But right right now I think the big question is what's going to happen with TCU. You know, if TCU runs the table and ends up being undefeated, uh, I'm going to make the case, and we'll probably do it in a column and on the radio, that TCU should get the fourth bid. Uh, now, assuming we've got an undefeated Ohio State, uh, Michigan, undefeated Clemson, and undefeated Georgia or Tennessee. There's your three of them. Those are automatic. TCU should be the fourth guy. And whether or not they will be or not, whether or not they give it to Alabama or the Ohio State-Michigan loser or Oregon or whatever, you know, we'll see. But uh, – it just makes the point of why we have to have and why they've made the right move going to an 8- or 12-team playoff. It has been inherently unfair from the beginning to have five Power 5 conferences and only four seats at the table. And uh, I, I feel for TCU, if they, they may not run the table. Heck, they may lose this weekend. But if TCU runs the table, I'm going to be their biggest advocate for them being the fourth guy in the playoff. All right, Lynn, let's jump into some quick hitters, uh, getting your picks at some of the SEC games this weekend. Let's start with Arkansas at Auburn. Who do you have winning in this one? I'm going to make a pick here that I'm going to make a similar pick down the road. I'm going to pick Auburn to win this game. Um, and I know if you look at the stats, if you look at the numbers, it ought not to be. But Auburn has to win. Uh, they've already got four losses. And if they're going to have a reasonable shot at uh, at earning a bowl bid, uh, I can't see a path to them doing that if they lose to uh, Arkansas. All right, what about uh, Missouri at South Carolina? Yeah, the, the game of the Columbias. Uh, and uh, I'm going to go with South Carolina. Uh, they're the home team. Uh, they've got the momentum. Uh, you know, this, this would put them to 6-2 and two and already qualify for a bowl. So I'll go with South Carolina primarily on the fact that they're playing at home. All right, can Kentucky do the impossible, in your opinion, pull off an upset of Tennessee? They could. They could. Uh, they, they, they shouldn't. Kentucky, I've been high on them uh, all year. Uh, saying they had a chance to be the upsetters with Tennessee and Georgia. They still do. But uh, Tennessee's at home coming off of that big win. Uh, I think Tennessee will win the ball game. Uh, again, I think the line's too big. It was 16 points or something. I think that's too big of a line. We already talked about the game, but give me a uh, pick in, in Ole Miss at Texas A&M. I'm going to pick Texas A&M to beat Ole Miss. Uh, and, again, it's for the same reason that I picked Auburn and I picked some others. A&M has to win. They're 3-4 and four. Uh, if they lose this game. Uh, it's hard to see them qualifying for a bowl bid. That's a big uh, crestfall going from uh, fifth or sixth in the country all the way down to not even making a bowl bid. Very talented Ole Miss uh, offense, but I'm going to go with Texas A&M to pull it out again just sort of because they have to. All right, lastly, who are you picking in uh, Florida and Georgia and Jacksonville? I just don't think Florida's got enough to beat Georgia this year. Uh, I think Georgia's going to win the game and, uh, and uh, go into an undefeated matchup uh, the next week with Tennessee. Lynn, thanks so much for the time, man. We'll uh, talk to you again next week. Uh, thanks a lot. Good luck to the Astros. 
All right, thanks, Lynn. Appreciate it. Uh, of course, uh, we'll be rooting for the Astros against the Phillies as well. He is Lynn Scarborough's of, uh, Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen every day. For your second listen, go check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter to uh, the most to the biggest stories in sports, Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can find it on uh, the Locked On College Network, covering your team every day. And, of course, we've got you covered with tons of great uh, SEC podcasts as well, covering all your favorite SEC schools. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked On SEC.